He is not there. He is alive. Amen? He is alive. One more time. He is risen. He is risen. I don't know what just happened here, but we might have just had a revival, Pastor Hurst. Praise God for the worship team this morning. Wow. Woo. It is a great day to be in God's house. Happy Easter again. I want to welcome you here. We're so glad that you are here. There was something in the disciples that first Easter morning when they heard the good news, when Mary Magdalene had gone to the tomb and saw that the body was gone and she went to Peter and John. There was something inside of them when they heard that news. They knew that everything was about to change. Of all the ways that they could have responded that first Easter morning, of all the ways that you could respond, they could have stayed put, they could have stayed back, but instead, they ran. And not only did they run, they ran together. I am honored and privileged to share the stage with my brother in Christ, Pastor Hurst, and to run together as Hope Elam on our very first Easter. It is so good to be here with you. Something in them said, I got to go check this out. I can't stay the same. I've got to go running after Jesus. But when you think about it, this running towards something is not just running towards an empty tomb, but every single one of us, when you think about it this morning, is running towards something with the way that we live our lives. Every single one of us is chasing after something. The ultimate question that you've got to wrestle with this morning is, does it satisfy When you get to whatever it is that you want to get to, is it going to be enough? Are you running after the right things? If somebody was to just objectively observe your life for a month or two and see, what is it that consumes you? What is it that's at the the top of your heart and the tip of your tongue? What is it that you spend your time and your energy and your money and your resources on? What would they be able to say is your God? What would they say is that you're passionate about, that you are running after, that you're chasing after these days. Let's get really practical for a moment. It's not just running to the tomb. All of us run after something. For some of you, maybe we run after work and we run after the next raise, the next title, the next position. If I can just get that next job or rung up the ladder, then that will be enough. For some of us, it's running after the next relationship or I need that man or that woman's approval to fill me up. Maybe it's the need to to put out a new status on social media to give the image that while we have a perfect family, when on the inside, your marriage is crumbling. You're scared of what it looks like to parent in 2021, and you're hurting. But you want to project that image, and so we're running after that. For some of you, let's just kind of find some humor here today. You've literally been running this morning. It's Easter morning. It's 9 instead of 9.30 that the service starts. And it is a divine miracle from God that your family is here in their seats with clothes on. So praise God for that this morning. We're glad that you're here. It's a good thing that Hope Elam has come as you are. You can come as you are every single week. We're really glad that you're here. But let's get honest. For some of us, if you're like me, can we be honest? You're tired because you just run every day. You can't remember the the last time that life didn't feel like a perpetual treadmill of work and kids and shuttling them around and this to that and hobby to social engagement and this and that. And if somebody asked you how you were doing as a follower of Jesus Christ, the first thing out of your tongue would be exhausted. Is that the way that it's supposed to be? Are you enjoying running and chasing after everything? 
When's the last time you slow down to ask yourself, why? Is it worth it? Whatever you're running after, and when you get it, will it be enough? Because the beauty of Easter, the miracle, the good news of Easter, is that when Peter and John went running to the tomb, Pastor Hurst is hanging out by the empty tomb, because that's the place to be this morning over there. But when they went running to that empty tomb, they found a resurrected Savior that had won an overwhelming victory over sin and death. And that's because Jesus is the only one, the only one that is worthy of our praise, the only one that is worth running after that can satisfy our souls. That's why we're here. It's the truth that we've sung about, that we celebrate. It's the reason we go all out for Easter. That behind the scenes, we've been planning this for months. We've been praying for you. We've been praying over you and the very seat that you're sitting on that Jesus would become real to you this morning. We don't take this lightly. This is a big deal. Nothing is more important than this. That's why we go all out. There's many amazing, gifted, talented artists and musicians that we have here. Uh, Sarah, one of our creative arts team members, is up here painting live for you this morning. Welcome, Sarah. There she is. She hates it when I do that because she's deeply focused, but she gave you a wave. So I'm telling you, if the sermon gets a little dry this morning, you have full permission to just watch her instead and let her tell you the Easter story out there. But be sure to check that out afterwards as well. We know that for some of you, this is your first time here. And we are so glad that you are here. And the invitation for you today is to come experience Jesus for yourself. I love how uh, the, the theme of today is so wrapped up in 1 Corinthians 15. The Apostle Paul puts it this way. Let's read it together with your 9 a.m. couple cups of coffee, Easter morning gusto. Let's read it all together. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, of first importance. Not when I get around to it, not once or twice a year on Christmas or Easter or in a holiday church service. Of first importance, beyond any hobby, beyond any political affiliation that you have, beyond any social engagement or relationship in this earth, of first importance, nothing is more important than this. Don't miss it today. And Pastor Hurst and I want to make it so clear for you today. The message of Christianity, the message of the Bible is so simple. There is a God that loves you more than you will ever know. And that love that he has for you is stronger than any other force in the universe. Stronger than a worldwide pandemic. Stronger than your sin and death. The most familiar verse in all of scripture. If you haven't heard it, you've probably seen it painted on somebody's chest at a football game. But you've heard it before. John 3:16. For God so loved the world. For God so loved you that he gave you his one and only son. He gave it to you as a gift. Open it up this morning. Salvation isn't something that you earn by being good enough. You don't get to heaven by being a pretty good person. You can know that you know that you know this morning by putting your faith in the goodness of Jesus Christ. Salvation isn't something that you earn by being good enough or moral enough or religious enough or self-righteous enough. It's a gift, the free gift of God that is available to every single one of you this morning. Open it up. Open it up. This gift is for you. In fact, whatever you're running after today, know this, that as you've been running, your Heavenly Father has been running after you, pursuing you, 
And he's tapping on your shoulder this morning because he's so close. And he's knocking on the door of your heart, whispering to you this morning at the empty grave, you know there's more to life. You know there's more than what you're experiencing. Don't go another Easter without opening up your heart. Whatever you're running after, the challenge is to come run with us. Don't forget the reason there's two of us up here this morning is we're acting out John chapter 20. When Peter and John heard the news, they didn't just run, they ran together. Everybody say together. They ran together. And that's the reason that we exist as a church. Look around. This doesn't happen unless you run as one. Everybody say one. As one church, this is what it looks like when you run together. And by one, we mean the kind of church that's black and white and brown and male and female and Republican and Democrat and rich and poor and city and suburb. It's what it looks like. When <laughs> I mean, you can be a Hawkeye or a Cyclone or a Bulldog or even a Spartan. Everybody's welcome at Hope Elam. And you can come and you can run to the empty tomb and we run to Jesus as one together this Easter. Come run with us. Don't leave it here this morning. And as you approach the empty tomb, you're going to find some obstacles along the way. Bring yourself fully to Jesus this morning and discover new life in Christ. Wow. That's good news. As I was pensively pondering why Pastor John was lifting up the gospel, uh, Romans 5 and 6 came to mind and lets me know how wonderful God is. Romans 5 and 6 says, while we are still sinning, while we are yet sinning, he died. So what does that tell you? It's easy for you to say somebody died for a righteous person, but when somebody died for an ungodly person, wow, that's great news. That's great news no matter where you are in your faith today. Romans 14 and 8 says, whether you live or whether you die, you belong to God. Whether you believe or whether you don't believe, you belong to God. He created you, he sustains you, and he redeems you. Isn't that good news today? Oh, that's good news, that's good news, that's good news, that's good news. Let me show you the scripture where you should exhale. I don't care where you are, if, if, if you just exhale, watch. God sent his son into the world not to judge you, not to criticize you, not to examine you. No, no, no. He came that the world might be saved through him. Isn't that good news that God just wants to save you just as you are? All you have to do is come. There is no prerequisite, no credit score, no college degree. He just wants you to come just as you are. Ah, good news that he says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. It's good news that he says nothing should ever separate you from my love. It's good news to know that we are his namesake, created in his image, heirs to the kingdom. Because once we identify with Christ, it secures our eternal and everlasting life. That's good news. That's good news. Y'all ain't moving like it's good news. I said that's good news. 
Watch it. Watch it. I see why sometimes it's hard to move when you hear the good news. It's because of the vicissitudes of life that hold us down. Guilt. Mm. Grief. Mm. Doubt. Shame. Unforgiveness. Those things will weigh you down. Those things are what the devil uses to keep you stuck in a place and stop you from running towards God. He puts obstacles in your life. Can't you see Peter in guilt denying Jesus? Can't you see uh, Peter in guilt having disbelief in Jesus? Can't you see Peter in guilt knowing that he was disobedient in Jesus? Can't you see Peter feeling guilty as he was meandering as Jesus Christ was in the tomb? And can't you see John? John, the disciple that Jesus loved, can you feel his grief? Have you ever lost a loved one? Can you, can you feel John's grief? My master, my Messiah, the majestic one. And can't you see John as he turned to a grieving mother, Mary? Can you imagine Mary? Saying, look what they've done to my boy. She was grieving. Ah, and that's what creates the obstacles. In your life, you can't run together because you're, you're stuck in your shame and your doubt. It's, it's obstacles that's there. But look at what the word of God says. Early on Sunday morning, and, and, and I don't know, they're listening, John. I think I'm going to run by this one, but I'm going to see if they get it. While Peter and John were meandering around, wandering aimlessly, look who it was. Oh, she got it already. Look who it was who had to go get some disobedient men. Come on, women. I am woman. Hear me roar. Can you just, women, you should just get a roar out because it was Mary Magdalene who said, let's go find Jesus. Get out of your guilt. Get out of your doubt. Get out of your shame. Get out of your misery. And let's go see. He's going to roll away the stone. When you have obstacles in your life, it's just an opportunity for you to have a different outcome. Ah, but this was not Peter and John's first rodeo about a tomb. Don't you remember Lazarus? You know, Lazarus. He was dead for four days. Some of us have been dead all our life. Oh, my God. Until you ran into Jesus. And can't you hear Jesus saying, roll away the stone and the stench of death came through. But yet Jesus still called him Lazarus. I feel you in here. Lazarus. You can just insert your name at any time. Lazarus, I know you've been dead. Lazarus, I know you've been in darkness. Lazarus, I know you in disappointment and despair and you can't move. But Lazarus, it's Easter. Come, come. 
come forth, come forth, Lazarus. But as Lazarus came forth, he knew he had another chance in Jesus. And we all have another chance in Jesus today. All we have to do is one thing. We just got to take off those old grave clothes. Where it is, where it is, where it is, where it is. Next one, next one, next one. Oh boy, that might be Lazarus. They in it. Did you see them? They couldn't even change. Lazarus, Terry, Wolverine. Did you see that Lazarus? Come on. Even if you saved it, you're Lazarus because your members sometimes, they war against one another and the things I should do, I don't do. And the things I don't do, I should do. And that's that Lazarus in you. But he says, come forth. And Simon Peter arrived and they went inside. And he also noted the linen wrapping. They were there. But Jesus was not. Our God is risen. He's alive. And if you're feeling dead today, just come forth to Jesus. And I want to end with this one. I want you to have new life today. Fresh life today. Because his mercies are new. Ah, Bible reader. His mercies are new every morning. It's 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man, any woman, if you are in Christ Jesus, old things, old habits, old attitudes, old idiosyncrasies, they're passed away. Come forth and be new as you run with us. <laughs> I kind of like this tag team too. thing. It's kind of like WWF up here. We're tagging in. I'm Undertaker. He's the Undertaker. There you go. No, I am Iron Man. Just dun, for Easter. Dun, Just for Easter. Dun, dun, I like that. Two is better than one on Easter. Dun, 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 I love that. Dun, dun. Oh, I like Iron Man. I'm sorry. Now that you're awake, now that you're awake, here's the question. We love it that you're here. Praise God that you're here. It's no accident that you're here. We've been praying for you to be in that seat here this morning. We love it that you're here. The most important question of Easter is not whether you're sitting in that pew. The most important question of Easter is what are you going to do with that empty tomb? What are you going to do now? What, 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 what are you going to do with this? I, I don't know how you imagine that first Easter happening, but, I, but I, sometimes I think we picture that the stone was so heavy that Jesus got up and you know, had his Easter breakfast and coffee, and he's just waiting to get out. He's like, let me out of here. This thing's too heavy. I'm alive. And I, whether the angels did it or just the power of God knocked it away or whatever, Jesus wasn't standing there knocking. I've got some really good news for you. The stone wasn't rolled away so that Jesus could get out. The stone was rolled away so that you could go in and experience Jesus for yourself this Easter. So go in. Don't stay where you are. Don't, don't let one more Easter go by without running and looking for yourself. This is about you. This isn't about the people sitting around you. This isn't about your parents. This isn't about how you grew up. This isn't about your previous church experience. 
This is about you before an almighty God this morning saying, what are you going to do with the man that predicted his own death and resurrection and then he did it? Regardless of what you believe about Christianity, that should get your attention. Nobody else in human history has ever or will ever do that. Open up your eyes. Don't miss it this morning. Don't stay where you are. Or are you just going to stay and keep going through the motions? Are you going to live in the past of maybe some of you are like, John, this is great. Once or twice a year, I can handle it on Christmas and Easter. You church people are weird. But to be honest, yeah, we're weird for a really good reason. Some of you have had a really, really bad experience with the church. Some of you have been burned. It's boring. It's irrelevant. Somebody offended me. Some of you had a really bad experience, and if that's been the case for you, I am so sorry, but I've got really good news for you. We believe deep into our bones that it is a shame to bore people with the gospel of Jesus Christ because this is it. This is the most important news you will ever encounter in your life. What are you going to do with it? Now, that's, that's great, Pastor John. You know, this is great once or twice a year, but I'm not going to be one of those, like, weird Christians that, like, comes every week and goes all in for this Jesus thing. It's, it's just kind of boring and irrelevant. And for you, the stone that needs to get rolled away, it's maybe not grief or guilt. It's, can we be honest? You don't care. You got drug here this morning. Okay, I'll go to Easter once a year. I'll get dressed up and here I am. But it's apathy. There is no stone that Jesus can't roll away. Even if it's apathy, even if you're saying this morning, John, I'm good. You don't need to be preaching to me. I, I don't need Jesus. I got a really good life. I got a decent job. I got a, maybe a nice family, a couple kids. I, I got a happy life. Yeah, but you know there's more. You were made for so much more than just surviving. You were made to thrive. You were made to just get by. You were meant to run with Jesus to experience the abundant life that he has for you. Don't settle for that. One of the wisest people to have ever lived, King Solomon, had everything. The son of King David, and he's reflecting back at the end of his life. And he has run after every single thing that this world says is going to be enough, that's going to make you happy, that's going to satisfy your soul, and this is what he says. But as I looked at everything I'd worked so hard to accomplish, it was all so meaningless like chasing the wind. Ever seen anybody chase the wind? It's a rather silly verse, to be honest. You would look rather foolish chasing the wind, wouldn't you? <laughs> you would look rather foolish living that way, too. The most startling realization that many of us will come to is that when you reach the top, the pinnacle of whatever it is that you were running after in your life to discover it's never enough. How much money do you need in life? Just a little bit more. How much more of a promotion do you need in life? Just a little bit more. I am convinced that our greatest fear in life should not be a failure, but of succeeding in life at things that will not last. What are you spending the precious moments of your life on that are going to last forever? Don't miss it this morning. Don't stay in apathy. Don't stay, ah, this is just boring and irrelevant. I'm not going to be one of those 
church people. Ask the hundreds of men and women that come to our dozens of support groups here at Hope Elam every single week that are experiencing breakthrough and healing and recovery uh, in Jesus Christ for various hurts and habits and hang-ups and, and really, really difficult addictions. And they come walking in those doors to AA or NA or SA or whatever it is. And they come walking in with no guilt and no shame because when you've hit rock bottom and you have nothing left, you realize that Jesus is all you ever needed in the first place. And you bring it to Jesus. You bring it to him. Peter and John were full of guilt and grief, but they didn't say, oh, I'm going to get myself cleaned up. Oh, I'm going to get my marriage put back together. Ah, oh, I got to come to church a little bit and repent of my sins and be a better Christian, and then I can come running to Jesus. Turn around and run to Jesus today. Don't wait. Don't stay there. Ask the, the dozens of kids that are from refugee families here in our neighborhood that have been loved like they've never been loved before in our after-school program. Ask them if church is irrelevant and boring. Ask the single mom that's overwhelmed and exhausted, and yet she's found in her women's, women's small group here at the church a second family to be loved and nurtured. Ask the hundreds of people that benefit from our food ministry every Wednesday night where we just give away food with no strings attached, no questions asked. Why? Because if there's a healthy church in a neighborhood, nobody around that neighborhood should be struggling to find food. That's what it means to be the church. Ask any of those people if they think that church is boring and irrelevant. They'd say, absolutely not. Perfect? No. Certainly not. We've clearly demonstrated that. Absolutely not perfect. And if you're looking for a perfect church, you might as well keep right on going. This isn't it. But if you are looking for a church of imperfect, broken, messy people that are running after Jesus together, then come run with us to the empty tomb. Come run with us. But maybe it's not apathy. You're saying this. I'm, I'm like Peter. I'm really, really hurting this Easter, Pastor John. I can't remember, the two of us were talking, I can't remember what we've done so many funerals. I can't remember such a heavy year. You think that stone is heavy. How about the grief of losing somebody that you love? And for some of you, this is your first Easter alone. I did a funeral this past year for the spouse They've been married for 67 years, and now they're alone. I did a funeral several months ago in this very room for a young dad that was 41, leaving behind a spouse and a seven-year-old boy. 41. What's your plan for death? Maybe you got plans for the rest of today for Easter brunch, but what's your plan for eternity? Because life is like that, and eternity is forever. The last time I checked, that's a really long time. And if you're living for the things of this world to climb the ladder and be happy, it's never going to be enough. And because of Easter, because of this man, this 41-year-old man's faith in Jesus Christ, not because of how good he was, because of his faith in Jesus' goodness, I was able to stand on this stage and look into the tear-stained eyes of his widow and his seven-year-old son and say, Jesus did not take your husband and your daddy from you. Death took him, and Jesus takes death because he is the resurrection and the life. Don't forget that this Easter. 
There are two things in this life that you will never be able to defeat, no matter how strong and productive and competent and whatever your title or position or how many cars or how big your house is or how much money you have. You will never be able to defeat your sin and the result of that sin, your death. And Jesus has kicked both of them to the curb for you this Easter Sunday. Don't miss it. Open up the gift. Open up the gift. Don't miss it. And maybe for some of you, this is the first time that you've been back in a long time and you're thinking, man, those guys had Mountain Dew for breakfast. What's going on up there? And maybe you're feeling a little disconnected and you're feeling a long way off. Well, you're in good company. (laughs) There's a lot of people that have felt a long way off in this church family. There's a lot of people all throughout the Bible that have felt a long way off. Jesus has removed every obstacle that would stand in the way of you experiencing his love. And I mean for real. I love Jim Carrey on that opening clip. He's alive. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nothing is more important than this. Run to Jesus. Run home this Easter. Come home. Come out, Lazarus. Come to Jesus. There's a very familiar story. You've probably heard of it in Luke chapter 15 where a a young son comes to his dad and takes his inheritance, his entire wealth, everything, and he runs away from home and he squanders it on wild living. I mean, drugs, sex, and rock and roll, you name it, and everything in between. And he reaches the end of himself alone. Oh, wait a minute. Guilty and in grief. Maybe Peter and John's story is the story of prodigals coming home. And he could have stayed there. He reaches the end of himself and he's wondering, am I going to have to crawl back to my father? Is he going to accept me back? And then we read this. So he returned home. He didn't stay in his grief and his guilt. He went to his father and while he was a long way off, his father saw him coming. And filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son and he embraced him. It's almost like the father was sitting on the porch that day and what he saw long in the distance, the son Take one step, not get himself all cleaned up. Take one step, the father comes running and embraces him. Some of you might feel a long way off this morning. But I can tell you this, if you feel far away from God, he's not the one that left. He's never moved, and he's closer to you this morning saying, come home. He's pursuing you with the love of a father. This isn't just a Bible story for us. This is very real for Pastor Hurst and I. There's some things that we have in common. We're very, very different, just so you know. Michael's from Detroit. I'm from Story City, the Scandinavian capital of the world. That's a little different. A little different. We're a little different. But there's a couple things we have in common. Our hearts beat for you to know Jesus Christ at this church. Number one. And number two, we love being dads. And being a father has nothing to do with the color of your skin. It has everything to do with what's beating in your heart. And when you're a parent, you know that. Any parents in the house today, by the way, just give a holler. Wave your hands. There you go. Two universal truths about parenting that I want to highlight for you today. Number one, kids are always getting injured. Can I get an amen? They're always getting hurt. And number two, when they are hurting, there isn't anything you wouldn't do for them. This past week, I was working in my office here at the church, and I got a call from my wife, Tiffany, and she said, John, you got to come right away. Something happened to Caleb, our eight-year-old. 
She said he hit his head. He cut his head open really bad. It's, he's screaming and there's blood everywhere. It's wrap, all wrapped up. He's, you got to come right away. It looks really bad. And I have never run so fast. The last time I run that fast, something, somebody had to be chasing me to run that fast. And I darted out of this church and I jumped into my car. They're at my parents' house in Ankeny and I take off down the interstate to Ankeny. If you've ever wondered if pastors sin, yes. If you ever wonder if your pastors uh, get a ticket and get over, go over the speed limit that day, absolutely. When my son is involved and I'm weaving in and out of traffic, I get to the urgent care. I get up there and the kind lady's trying to be helpful. And she said, yes, sir, could I see your insurance information? I just want to check your phone number and update your address. I, I need to see my son. I didn't come all this way to not have him feel my embrace. And the God that created you, your heavenly Father, did not move heaven and earth for you to come and have an inspirational church service. It's so that you would know his love is real for you. And I get into the urgent care room and I kneel down before my son. He's got blood running down the side of his face and he's so scared. And I said, buddy, I got here as soon as I could. And we could try to describe for you the love that we have for our kids as fathers. But it would still only be a glimpse of the love that your heavenly father has for you today. And if you've never opened up your heart to that, it doesn't matter if you've been coming to church your whole life. If you've never opened up your heart to that. I drove 85 miles an hour to Ankeny. Jesus Christ literally went to hell and back and defeated your death so that you could know that he is real and alive so that you can have a relationship with him. Come run to Jesus and discover his love for you today. It's not just us. There's hundreds of people in your church family at all of our five of our services this weekend that have run to Jesus in a really difficult year. And in their grief and in their guilt and in their apathy and in their doubt, they didn't stay back. They didn't run away from the church and run away from Jesus, they ran to the church and to Jesus. And because they did, the before and after, Jesus changes everything. Take a look. <laughs> Praise God for transformed lives and don't miss it. It's what the last frame said. We're not pointing you to a pastor or a church this morning. It's all because of Jesus. What's your before and after story? How has Jesus changed everything for you? In big ways or small ways? What's your Easter resurrection story today? When you came in, in addition to those communion elements that you have, you received your own, believe it or not, your own little chalkboard. And you don't have to write on it right now. You can do this later today, but don't wait. Don't wait to write down a testimony of God's goodness and faithfulness. Those of you that are at home, I know you don't have one of these, but you got something that has a front and a back. And write it down before Jesus, after Jesus. While things were going and then Jesus showed up. Oh, wait, and then the grave is empty. Surprise! How has God shown up for you? Write it down and hang that in your bathroom, in your car, in your mirror, on your fridge, wherever you're going to see it. And remember God's goodness to you. Don't leave Easter on Sunday morning. Come back 
and run with us because we're just getting started. Run with us. Um, you know what I'm speaking to this morning. If you're wounded, you're welcome. If you're faithful, you can have fellowship with Christ. Let me put that together. At Hope Elam, we want the wounded to feel welcome and for the faithful to have fellowship with Christ. Come on, run with us. We have a school on the fourth floor, Joshua Christian Academy. Train up a child the way they should go. When they get old, they won't depart. John pontificated and elucidated that we give out good meals on Wednesday. Hot chicken fettuccine Alfredo. Sop it up with the garlic bread. Good food. Come run with us as we feed this community. Come run with us as we reach out to the Drake students across the street. Come run with us as if we reach out to every school in this area. Come run with us because you're new. Come run with us because you now realize our God is risen and he's alive. Come on, praise him in the sanctuary. Our God is so worthy to be praised. What an Easter morning. It's wonderful. Why don't you stand as we ease into our communion service? Get your elements ready as we prepare to do the Lord's Prayer as you grab your elements. Everyone in the building, can we repeat the Lord's Prayer together? Our Father, who art in heaven, thy kingdom come, thy will be done as it is in heaven. Give us this day and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. On that same night that he was portrayed, he knew the disciples had barriers and, and burdens and, and blockades in their life. But Jesus told them, this is my body broken for you and broken for many for the remission of your sins. And after he had given thanks, thank you, God. He said, take, eat all of it. Likewise, after supper, he said, this is the blood of the New Testament shed for you, shed for many, for the remission of your sins. What can wash away your sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And after he had given thanks, he said, drink ye all of it. And do this as often as you will in remembrance of me. Uh, having renewed your covenant, your connection with your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, you must now realize that your sins are 
forgiven. And right now you should be rejoicing in the name of the Lord because he has now made you clean on the inside and the outside. And let's carry that enthusiasm over as we get ready to worship God in the beauty of holiness. We're going to worship God in spirit and in truth. So let's get ready to give God some praise. 